The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. 235, we're talking uh, bike lanes. Um, the city is drafting a new bike lane or new bike transportation blueprint. And of course, whenever we get talking about this, it um, stirs up uh, quite the... Uh, it does. And it, you know what's interesting, uh, Jay, is uh, just so we're clear on this, they're putting out uh, a request for tender, basically. They're asking... Uh, for engineering firms to bid on the opportunity to put together this plan. Yeah. So it's not um, city folks sitting around a table with a map figuring it out. They're actually going to contract it out to somebody mm. to make the plan. And I, I worry, worry is the right word. I worry sometimes if it's not an Edmonton-based company who understands completely the city, if you know, and not to say that this would happen, but it could. If they, if lowest price and best credentials goes to a Toronto company, mm. or you know, do they understand Edmonton and how how we work? Do they understand the vision and and know? Or do they, it? or do they just need to understand bike lanes and biking <laughs> yeah. community? I, I, yeah, it's uh, more text coming in. Uh, says all in favor of bike lanes. We need to catch up to the rest of our country. Cyclists do need to follow rules, but cars, trucks need to put down their phones and focus on their own rules. In short, we uh, car drivers need to learn to get along with these new environmentally friendly lifestyle changes. Well, and again, you know what? Couldn't agree with you more. We talk about it all the time, the distraction out there among car drivers, and you've got bikes now in, in, entering yeah. into the mix. Um it's easy to argue that the car is wrong, but it's still the biker who's dead. So, you know, bikes lose all battles with cars, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, it has to be a plan that works with paths that work, a network that works. Yeah. Listen to this. So on my 15-minute drive while listening to your bike lane uh, piece, I saw one car blow through a red and make a right into traffic. Yeah. Then another car blew through a crosswalk with pedestrians in it. Stupid cyclists, yep. <laughs> it about the same number of stupid drivers. Uh, cycling lanes protect us. Yeah, dead. Dedicated cycling lanes protect you. Do they protect you when they're a piece of paint on the road you're on? Mm-hmm. I, I would say no. And uh, heard you read a text that suggests anyone complaining about bikers and bike lanes have never ridden a bike. I say anyone that doesn't understand the complaints has never driven a car. <laughs> uh, my issue with the bike lanes is there's really no deep thought in them. How I know this is my stepfather works for the Edmonton Fire Department's logistic department. They were never consulted when installing the lanes. One day they just started constructing them in front of the hall. And this one from G says, I'm a city bus driver. I was originally skeptical of the bike lanes, but now that they've been around for a while, I officially hate them. The lanes are intrusive and seemingly designed to take precedence over everybody else, and the arrogant cyclists conduct themselves as such. Hmm. You know, the best example of that was the Blue Quill area. Oh, what a concept. I couldn't believe it. They just painted bike lanes everywhere. (laughs) Half the neighborhood lost their parking. All of the neighborhood lost a lane. And then they went back and covered them up. Yeah. Because, again, it made no sense. You know what? My mom-in-law lives in in Blue Quill, and there's still bike lanes coming out of there over towards 23rd Avenue. That's right. And that's the one that I got caught up in the other day. (laughs) It's like, okay, am I supposed to stay in this lane to turn right, or am I allowed to get into this lane to turn right onto, uh, into the bike lane to turn 
Mm-hmm. Right. On the, I don't know the answer to that. Well, and I can tell you, coming out of the Twilliger Rec Center, the bike lane's along the right-hand side, and if a biker wants to cross that major mm. intersection, yeah. they're they have the right of way as far as I know. So if I'm wanting to turn right onto 23rd, I have to wait for all the bikes to go. Then I can make my right hand mm-hmm. turn because I can't cross in front of them. And it's contrary again. What? Are you a vehicle or are you a pedestrian? Uh, and we'll talk uh, about right hand turns coming up as well. Another <laughs> yeah. another plan by the city. Uh, right now, though, want to check in with Reed Wilkins, who is in Dallas getting ready for the uh, draft, the NHL draft tonight. And again, the 630 Shed NHL draft coverage powered by Fast Track Indoor Karting. It's adrenaline and adrenaline pumping. It's safe. It's fun, fast track, indoor karting, edmonton.ca. Hey, Reed, how are things in Dallas today? Good, Jalen. Good, Andrew. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I just got into the American Airlines Center about uh, five minutes ago, so just setting up our, our, uh, our broadcast location. Obviously, the draft, uh, well, our coverage is going to start in, uh, what, about an hour and 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. So we're probably... Uh, two and a half, three hours away from the Oilers picking at number 10. And then obviously the, the, the big if is uh, uh, if they, uh, if they hold on to that pick or maybe they, or maybe they move up. But right now they're slotted to go number 10 Buffalo uh, at number one, Rasmus Dahlin, the excellent defenseman is going to be uh, their pick. Uh, the sniper Svechnikov's very likely going to go second overall to Carolina. Then we'll see what Montreal does at number three. Uh, do they take Jesperi Kotkaniemi who's kind of shot up, in certainly their estimation, I think some other people's estimations over the last few weeks, or will they trade it and then move down, thinking maybe they can still get Kotkaniemi a little bit uh, a little bit later on? Uh, I know uh, Peter Shirelli, He's uh, you know he tells you stuff, but he <laughs> doesn't really commit, and we kind of got that yesterday. Uh, he said he's he could trade the pick for a current player. That might be tough. I know Colton Pareko's name has been uh, out there a little bit, a uh, local kid who has been great for the St. Louis Blues for the last couple of seasons. And I know his agent, though, was on with Bob earlier and said, I can't see the Blues trading him. He's just hmm. he's just too valuable a player. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, some things to watch for there. Could the Oilers try to sneak up a few spots? Or if they think that there's not much difference in the caliber of player, could they even trade their, their pick and flip down a few spots and think they're still going to get somebody... Uh, you know, who could develop into a pretty good NHL player. So, this, so there's a lot on the table. I think the intrigue is really going to start once Montreal goes at number three and then build from there. Uh, Reed, I, I don't really understand all the rules uh, with regard to the draft and trades and free agents and all that kind of stuff. Is, is this a day in which the teams are simply picking young players or can they make other trades not related to no, those they can players? Tra- they, can, they, can, they can absolutely trade. There's tons of trades at the draft and that's that's kind of what makes it more exciting now than than the trade deadline is that there tend to be more significant deals around this time of year than uh, than there there are in season. I mean, I know around the deadline there's usually a couple, but there's there's not a lot. Certainly, Tampa and the Rangers had a big one this past season. If if you look at the Oilers' most significant moves since Shirelli became the GM in the spring of 2015, if we just want to go back and use that as the as the, the body of evidence there, I mean, Cam Talbot was traded for at the draft. Uh, <laughs> Hall and Everly were traded. Uh, Hall right after the draft, Everly the day before the draft. Uh, and then obviously Lucic and Sekera were signed as free agents uh, on July 1st, which is when free agency starts. So, yeah, the, 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 the draft itself is obviously for 
you know, mostly 18 year old players who are now eligible to be picked. But the, the trading is, uh, the trading is wide open and that generally gets the biggest cheer out of the crowd when, when Gary Bettman or somebody from the NHL goes up to the podium and you, and you think, okay, this team's about to pick. And instead of saying, you know, for example, Chicago, you're on the clock. He says we have a trade, and then it kind of gets the that gets the excitement going. So mm-hmm. absolutely, I expect there to be deals throughout the weekend. Excellent. Now, is that simply? I know everyone owns a phone, but is that simply by virtue of the fact that you have all these GMs in one place at one time, and conversations start, and uh, next thing you know, there's a deal? Well, I think it ramps up, and and GMs always talk. I, I mean, they're 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 always talking. You know, asking about players, what would it take to get this guy? What's this guy like? I think a lot of those things come to fruition now because, like you said, they're all together. Maybe they feel the heat. Oh, what if another team wants this guy? I better get in there and get him. So, you know, I think that's why things pick up now. And a lot of, you know, I mentioned how the trade deadline has kind of gone from a suspenseful day in the NHL to one now kind of people almost laugh at a little bit, right? Because it doesn't often live up to the hype. But but the, the, a lot of the team building now is done in the summer. There aren't a lot of uh, blockbuster moves in season, you know, to change your team with 30 games left. So a lot of the stuff happens here, and especially in this about 10-day window as we get the draft and then going into free agency. All right, Reed, sounds good. Uh, anything um, that we can expect on uh, the coverage starting at 4 o'clock uh, this afternoon that you want to tell us about? Well, Bob and Jack will uh, join me. We'll go over some of uh, Peter Shirelli's comments, uh, some of Jerry Johansson's comments. He's Milan uh, Lucic's agent. He was on with Bob earlier today, and uh, we'll just uh, we'll just keep an eye on what's going on. So we're on at four. Uh, draft starts after five, and we'll bring you the Oilers pick, and then uh, take you into the Eskimos countdown to kick off with David Morley, and then Esks and Tiger Cats are at eight. All right, sounds good, Reed. Thanks, Reed. Looking forward to it. Have a great weekend. Okay, see ya. All righty, Reed Wilkins, uh, live from Dallas this afternoon. Did you ever watch um, the movie Draft Day? No. It's, it's NFL Draft. Oh, really? Yeah, Kevin Costner is the uh, what is he? The GM of the Cleveland oh, yeah. Browns. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and and I I love football movies. <laughs> I love football mm-hmm. movies. But this that one was fun just to see. And again, I know it's a movie. It's not whatever. But how. How the behind-the-scenes stuff and, and the juggling and the, mm, we'll do this, we'll do this over here. Yeah, it was pretty cool. All right, that sounds like cool. a movie I'd like. I know we need to take a break. Uh, yeah. So real quick, just wanted to tell you this. Uh, I think you could almost say breaking news. You know that Roseanne, of course, was canceled as a result of mm-hmm. a racist tweet. Where, yep. um ABC announcing this morning they're bringing back yeah. the show without mm-hmm. Roseanne. It's going to be a spinoff uh, called... The Connors, I think. Yes. Uh, it will include all of the original cast except Roseanne, and Roseanne will not serve uh, no. as an executive producer or producer for the Apparently show. Apparently, she gave the nod to it uh, to try to, to make sure that the 200 people working on it uh, all kept their jobs. Kept their jobs. No, uh, no word yet on what the explanation will can, be for her. Can a show uh, go on without the star? Uh, I don't know. Is, is it Goodman, John Goodman, right? Yeah. The other guy? I, I, is, I would, is he a big enough? I would suggest that the first episode will get massive ratings mm. because people will want to know how they explain the absence of Roseanne. And then after that, it'll have to be driven by good writing and good acting. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, uh, 
you said earlier off the top of the show, yeah. or I said and you agree, uh, that there were some stories today that you were like, ooh, bike lanes Whoa. was one of them. How about this one? Because we talked uh, specifically to uh, Ward Ted Councillor uh, Michael Walters about uh, Accidental Beach. Yeah. And, and I had asked him, and I'm not uh, taking credit for the city coming up with this, but I had asked him, why don't you just throw down some garbage cans and put up some no parking signs? And, and he gave us a great answer about the difference between a temporary thing and a long-term yep. plan. Well, listen to this. This year, city officials are implementing set hours for the mm-hmm. beach. That's assuming it should appear again. Uh, they're installing portable toilets, bike racks, and more garbage cans. They're calling it a pilot project. Uh, and as such, mm-hmm. the neighborhood will have restricted parking to address the concerns of residents. Uh, the city also helps to hopes to address the campaign or the community's concerns through a, a campaign of public education called the Good Neighbor Campaign. In other words, don't throw your crap on people's lawns. What they're just really saying is, you know, you guys are going to pretty much police yourself, although there right. will be people down be there. But come it. on, let's not right. screw it up. So they're going to uh, set some hours as well. The beach, uh, if it, you know, I think it's starting to exist right now. Uh, it'll be open to the public between yeah. 5 a.m. and 11 p.m. Anywhere, anyone there after 11 will be asked to leave. Uh, they're going to add proactive enforcement. That's in the form of uh, peace officers, rangers, and parking enforcement officers patrolling the area. They're also going to respond quickly to criminal or nuisance complaints. Good. Good, yeah. Uh, they're also going to increase the number of times they come pick up the garbage because good. it was overflowing. <laughs> so they're addressing... Yeah, which is Which is, which is great. Um, but the, the mayor had said, let's remember that, you know, we're pretty much on... Uh, what, what's, what's the right... Borrowed you're, time? You're not on borrowed time, but you're... you're What's the word, well, you you're guys? In pro- you're, you're, you're in their neighborhood. Treat it with respect. You're right? on probation, really. Probation, you're on right, probation. Right. So, you know, if we do it right, you know, we'll be able to keep nice things. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you can't have nice things. Uh, the city would like you to know, and it's uh, worth mentioning here, uh, that uh, while the beach is popular and they would encourage you to use it and use it respectfully mm-hmm. and safely, uh, there are some hazards associated with the water, and you should know about them. That includes uh, fluctuating water uh, levels, changing uh, or debris in the sand, keep an eye out for that, as well as water quality not meeting recreational water quality guidelines. And again, it's a flowing body of water. So the city wants to make sure people understand that, that it could be very dynamic and change very uh-huh. quickly. It's not it's, really meant to swim in. It's, the, it's North Saskatchewan. Right. So <laughs> let's not kill anybody out there. Let's just uh, go enjoy the sun, enjoy the sand, and be respectful of people's uh, I property. know a lot of people are, are loving this. Uh, a lot of people are loving it. They're enjoying it, obviously. And, you know, Jespo had the, the, the accidental beach party yeah. last year. <laughs> Not for you? Do I sound... Yeah, I maybe sound like a a fuddy-duddy here, or maybe like a... It's something I would... Pooing on the parade here, but I'm like, it's something I would check out, but I didn't check it out last year. I think it's a nice amenity. I I think it is. For those of you who are using it and loving it, awesome. Yeah. There you go. Um, 2.54 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News here. Um, We do need to take another little break. Okay. Or we can just quickly throw this one out. Okay. Because we have like a minute. Uh, the city of Edmonton may soon ban right turns at red lights in some locations. I saw that. Uh, White Avenue, Jasper Avenue. They're going to review the streets like that before making a, de- a decision. Um, they're saying that it's uh, dangerous. There's uh, pedestrian collisions, that sort of stuff. Pedestrian and bicycle collisions. Uh, although things are better. 
Mm. So they're going to look at it. So I, there's another, in, in my mind, that's just another way of bunging up traffic. Yeah, uh, the, the reason to allow right turns and red lights is, to, is, is to keep traffic moving. But again, whoever you want to blame, the cyclists, the, the pedestrians, pedestrians or, or the uh, vehicles, uh, it's not working. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.